So we are going to be dealing with uh, the title, Why the Word is Important. And we've got a few things to go through, so we'll go ahead and get started. Praying for all of our sick and shut-in, as well as all the people that are in the hospital. Got some people in the hospital. We bless God for First Lady out making hospital runs while we were, I was able to take care of church business. Tomorrow I'll get to ride up and make hospital visits myself. So we are praying for a speedy recovery for uh, Mondana and Brother Willie and speedy health recovery for Sister Jackson. Just believe in God for we already believing for the healing. Now we're just operating in the faith to receive the healing. Amen. Why the word is important. Are we on? Hey, social media that does not come to church. So we put the church on social media for you. Amen. Why the word is important. And I want to start out tonight's uh, study with a verse um, that is very popular, uh, but in the way that I'm going to use it or what I'm going to do with it tonight uh, would probably give expository teachers and preachers fits. Uh, expository preaching involves uh, the exposition or, or comprehensive expl explanation of the scriptures, and that is Expository preaching presents the meaning and intent of a biblical text, providing commentary and examples uh, to make the passage clear and understandable. The word, in fact, the word uh, exposition are, uh, is related to the word expose. It's related to the word expose. And the expository's preacher, his, his or her goal is to simply expose the meaning of the Bible verse by verse. Amen? And and I want to say this real quickly. I have no problem with that at all. In fact, I'm a student of it, and I love it. Uh, but I've done it here a time or two in this church, and what has happened when I do it in this church, the majority of the congregation begins to lose focus. And once people lose focus, especially with the Word of God, the only thought frame is, I'll be glad when he's done. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, I, I, y'all remember the book of Mark? And I went through the book of Mark for about nine weeks. And so I had the 10th week of Mark ready. and uh, But the Lord had told me to be ready for something else in case he was right. You know, he says, in case he's right. Mm. And so I said, uh, we're going to do something other than the book of Mark. And it was so funny because uh, one of our older saints, our seasoned saints, said, and I don't know if they knew I heard, said, thank you, Lord. And I was like, wow. So that was kind of my, my being done with the expository because uh, it's not for everybody. Amen. And so, so I'm going to talk to you about this scripture and, and try to pound it home or why it's so very important to read the word of God and to study the word of God and to make it a point to apply it, apply the word of God in your lives. I really want you to leave here tonight and know why this is so important. Amen. Uh, so I want you to write this down or you can, you can, I think it might be in your notes actually. Uh, 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 Joyce, did you get notes? Did they give you the, the notes? Uh, uh, Kenneth, can you hand them the notes? Oh, okay, they got it. All right. Uh, and so this is going to be in your, uh, I think this is going to be on the page. You cannot experience victory as a Christian without the word of God. You cannot experience victory as a Christian without the word of God. Um, let me ask you something. How many of you, when you learn to drive, uh, you read enough of the driver's manual to at least know what the signs meant or most of the signs meant anyway. Amen. But if you wouldn't have learned what the signs meant or at least most of the signs, 
you'd, you'd have a, a boatload of tickets and probably some wrecks. Amen. Uh, it is impossible. This walk is so serious. And I want you to understand this. And I, I want everyone to hear me. I want you, I want to say this to you and I want you to get this. And um, I really want you to understand this walk is so serious. It's so ferocious. It is going to be so intense that you will not make it without the word of God. You can go to church. You can come to Bible study. You can be a tither. You can do all the things that, you know, you think make you Christian, right? But if you don't read that word of God, that word, you will not be successful in Christian living. It is kind of like a, a it's kind of like Benny showing up to cut the grass without a lawnmower. You know, he just gets there and goes. As much as he knows about cutting grass, as much as he can cut grass, as he can tell you how it grows and all of this type stuff, without a lawnmower, it's not getting cut. You will not build a house without a hammer. You understand what I'm saying to you? You will not, you will not be successful in walking this Christian walk without the word of God. The enemy is just playing for keeps. He's playing too serious for you to imagine that you could make it without the word of God. So don't make the mistake of thinking, well, maybe if I don't do bad things, do the bad things that I used to do or that I hear of other people doing, then maybe I'm good. Don't make that mistake. You have to read the word of God. And the reason that I'm right, I'm doing this Bible study is because it's, it's, it's funny to me that the last couple of weeks I've had some people get in touch with me, several people, about four or five people get in touch with me and some are saying, Hey, you know, how do you do devotions? How do you, you know, why do you make it such a big deal about this Bible? And it's not, it, it, it seems funny, but it's not because it's a real question for people that have not been churched. And then you have some people to say, hey, I'm trying to read the Bible, but I just seem to can't make time for it. Let me tell you something. If you don't make time for nothing else in your day, you want to make time to, if it ain't but 15 minutes, pray and read. You want, you want to do that. And, and, and preferably at the beginning of your day so that you can, you can have some protection through the day. Amen. All right. So, so, so don't make the mistake because the reality is if you have things that you do in your life, which you already know is contrary to the word of God, but you do them anyway, then what you have already is a habit. Okay. What you have is a habit. So, so let's look at it like this. Whatever things you do that you know you shouldn't do that's against the word of God, that makes you a habitual sinner. Do, do, do you know that, that what, what being opposite of a habitual sinner is? Let's look at this. Let's look at this a scripture from a, a couple different versions. Uh, let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 5. Uh, we'll go to the New King James Version first. 1 John chapter 2. Verse number five. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord because I'm trying to read this without my glasses. So I do better with the screens. Um, first John chapter two, verse number five. And it says, but whoever keeps his word, his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we know him. Now, this is good. But whoever keeps then we're going to read it first in the New King James Version. Uh, first, we're going to read. This is the New King James Version that Kim has on the screens. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know we are in him. Why do we know that we are in him? Because we keep the word of God. Okay. Now, let's look at this in the Amplified because I want, I want to punctuate this. And so I use different versions that break things down a little bit better so that you sit back and go, oh, okay. So in the Amplified, it says this, and it, it breaks it down a little bit more. And there's some words that I want to take a look at with this right here. It goes, but he who keeps, he who keeps treasures, treasures his word, who bears in mind his precepts, who observes his message in its entirety, truly in him, has the love of and for 
God. God has been perfected, completed, reached, give me the rest of it, maturity. By this we may perceive, know, recognize, and be sure that we are in him. And so in other words, we can't be sure that we are in him if we're not in the word. How about that? So, 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 so let's read it again. You ready? But whoever habitually sins, I mean, by who, but whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures his, his message in its entirety, in him, the love of God has truly been perfected and it, and I'm sorry, it is completed and reached maturity. By this, we know for certain that we are in him. For certain, we know. And so what, what I think my, my verse was a little different from what was on the screen, right? And I'm reading from the Amplified. I think Kim has the Amplified Classic up. And so that's fine. And so what it says is we have to treasure the word. So let's, let's deal with this verse. What's, what's the first clause of this verse? Whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures his message in its entirety. In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. It is completed and has reached maturity. By this, we are certain we know him. Amen. So, so let's deal with this. Okay, so get this. But whoever habitually, habitually keeps and obeys his precepts. This, 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 is, this is what's opposite of a habitual sinner, a habitual keeper of his word. Someone that habitually keeps his word. The, the, the word habitual is a is a powerful word. When it's used, it 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 means something that is done constantly, and and all the time. And one of the worst things that I think that a person can be called is a habitual what? Habitual liar. And that, that that means that means that that if it's true, then that person can't be trusted with anything that comes out of their mouths. It's a good chance that we all know a habitual liar. You, you, you literally cannot trust anything that comes out of their mouths. So, so when an action is habitual, it is a habit for that person. And so let me ask you this. What are you when it comes to keeping the word? Are you habitual about keeping the word? Is that a habit? Is it every day? Are you going to read that word? It is your habit. Or, or, or when it comes to the word, are you a person that can say, eh, not today. I just didn't have time. You see what I'm saying to you? So I want to read this again uh, because it's very important. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures it. Listen, a lot of times we, we get mad at the Bible. You ever read a verse in the Bible and go, man, we can't do nothing. <laughs> oh, man, I... Ooh, ooh, that's me. I do that. Ooh, yeah. You ever do that? You read the Bible and go, hmm, I didn't know it was sin. You know, it, it says, but, but you treasure the word. Isn't the word to be treasured? I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it, it actually brings you so much closer to God. The word should be treasured. And so, and so, uh, so let's look at this, the Amplified. It says, but whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts. Let's deal with the word precepts. The definition of the word precept is a guiding principle or rule that is used to control, influence, or regulate conduct. The definition of precept is a guiding principle or a rule that is used to control, influence, or regulate concert, uh, concert conduct. Now, now let's take that. Now what I want to do real quickly with this definition is I want to take the word control out of it. I want to take the word control out of this definition uh, because as a habitual sinner, God is not in control of their lives. Neither are they. I know that's it's kind of heavy, right? As a habitual sinner, God is not in control of their lives. And if you are a habitual sinner, then God is not in control of your life and neither are you. Now, now, some of you may be thinking, now, hold on, you know, uh, I thought that, that we had we had free will. So so let me explain. Any discussion of man's free will must begin uh, with the understanding of his nature, because 
man's will is bound by his nature. Man's will is bound by his nature. And as a prisoner, so I had the freedom to pace up and down my cell. But I was constrained by the walls of that cell. And no matter how hard and fast I walked into those walls, I couldn't leave those walls. You understand? No, no matter how much my desire wanted to be to leave those walls, all I could do was walk up and down that prison, but I couldn't leave. And so it is with man. Because of sin, man is imprisoned within a cell of corruption and wickedness, which permeates to a, the very core of our being. Every part of man is in bondage to sin, our bodies, our minds, and our wills. Jeremiah 17 and 9, our bodies, our minds, and our wills. Jeremiah 17 and 9 tells us that the state of a man's heart, it is deceitful and desperately wicked. In, in our natural unregenerate state, we are carnally minded and not spiritually minded. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is in enmity uh, is, is against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. You see, so, so, so when you're not saved, God don't got no control of you, and you're not subject to his laws. He, he can do what he wants to if he wants to do that, but that kind of goes against his nature. You see what I'm saying? And so what I found in sin, being in sin and being a habitual sinner, somebody that was sinning constantly was that most of the hell, or all of the hell that I, that, that I dealt with in my life was hell that I brought on myself. God never came for me like that. You know, you tell people, you know, you hear people say all the time, well, when God put me in prison, ah, stop, stop. God never put you in prison. Your actions put you in prison. Being demonically influenced puts you in prison. Being demonically influenced got you high. Being demonically influenced got you in the situations of negativity. But God never does anything negative to anyone. And discipline is not negative. Ooh, write that down. Discipline is not negative. Now, when you feel, when you're getting disciplined, it feels negative, don't it? You know. But but discipline is not negative, especially if it is if you are trained by it. The Bible says if you are properly trained by the discipline, then it is a blessing. Amen. So, 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 so the person that is in enmity against God or at war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. You didn't, you, when you was in the streets, you weren't worried, you weren't in the club talking about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I would, I, if the dog come on you, I would bend over, but the Lord might see me. You wouldn't know. You bent over. You did the dog. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all might not know what the dog is, you know. But then we had a party, and I realized that some people knew a whole lot more than what I thought. I won't say no names on you, but so, 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 you know, you, 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 when you were in sin, you didn't stop and say, God ain't gonna like this. No, no, you wasn't. Why? Because you wasn't subject to God. You were subject to a God, but you wasn't subject to God. You get that? You were subject to a God, but you wasn't subject to God. God. Amen. And so Romans 8 and 6, Romans 8, 6 through 7. Let's go there real quickly. And I want to show you something. This is actually what I just said. Uh, for, for, to be, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is in enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. Get this. These verses tell us that before we are saved, before we are saved, we are at war with God. We do not submit to God and the law. We, we do not submit to God and his law and, 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 and we can't. Not, not only do we not submit to God and his law, we can't submit to him and his law. Why? Because this flesh is doing way too much. The Bible is clear that in his natural state, man is incapable of choosing that which is good and holy. In other words, he does not have to, he does not uh, have the free will to choose God because his will is not free. 
You ever, you remember when you was in the world and you had a grandmama, you had an aunt, or you had a mama, and you was telling them your ungodly plan, and they sat there, godly, and could not, they could not comprehend it. They could not agree with you. They was not okay with it. It made perfectly good sense to you, but it could not make, or you might have been your saved friend, but it could not make sense to them. You ever have that conversation? I guess everybody just, y'all was just sinning, didn't talk to nobody. You ever just, you know, you, you did sin, and then you had, but you was with someone that was living in righteousness, and you felt like no matter what I say to them, I feel crazy. They look at me like I make absolutely no sense at all. And, and the reason that that was was because you didn't make no sense to them. That's why now those of us that are giving our life to Jesus and we see, you know, you see, you know, you see younger people out there. You know, I got a son, bless the Lord. He's home and he's having, you know, he got home today. And, and as soon as he got on my phone, he got crazy. You know, he's like, daddy, you know what I'm thinking about doing? And it wasn't nothing like, you know, he ain't going to commit no crime, but it wasn't nothing safe folk think about. And I said, son, that's stupid. And he just starts laughing. He's like, I knew you was going to say that. See, because he knew. See, there's a, there's a line in the sand. And when you're saved and when you're trying to walk this thing, when you're trying to walk this thing for real, a lot of things that come out of people's mouths just don't make sense. You ever, you, now that you're walking with God or, or doing your best to walk with the Lord, you ever think back on some stuff that you said and go, Lord, have mercy. Or some things that you did and was like, oh my God. Because because your your flesh was, you know, and in, in now in your right mind, in this mind of Jesus, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, in your mind of Jesus, now you see all the foolishness and, and that natural mind and all the decisions that it was making. You see what I'm saying? And so, and so you're, you know, you ain't got no free will because you ain't free. The Bible says that you're going to be a slave to something. You're either going to be a slave to unrighteousness or you're going to be a slave to righteousness. And when you're not in Christ, you are a slave to unrighteousness. That's why you did things that you didn't want to do no more, but you still did them anyway. That's why relationships went on longer than what you knew they should have went on, even though you was far from being happy in the relationship because your will, oh God, because your, your, your will was not free. You was, you, was, you was mastered by your flesh, you see. It is, it is constrained by his nature. Just as that prisoner, you know, I, I, I was constrained by my cell. You don't got free will. You are constrained by your nature. You know, you, you, do what you, you do what you are or are not. So how then, uh, so, so how then can we be saved? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. I think I wrote them down for you guys. Ephesians 2 and 1. And, 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 you, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Who, who, who are dead and in our trespasses and sins have been made alive through who? Through Christ. Through Christ. Think about this. When you, I want you to really think about this. When you was like in sin, right? You was dead to sin. You was dead in, you know, you, you was dead in sin. You, you understand what I'm saying? You was dead. But when you became, what, what brought you to life? Christ. For, for, for me that you see is no longer I that you see, but the Christ that is living in me. You see? So, so everything that you see me doing now, you see, it's not really me that's doing it. It's the Christ that lives in me. So, so the me that you remember that was in foolishness, that was in sin, that was doing crazy things, that was connected to the wrong people, that was, you know, in, over here and, and, and like that, that's no longer who you see anymore, not because of me. I didn't have the power. I was a slave to that God over there. But now because I've experienced Christ, Lord have mercy, because I've experienced Christ and because I experienced his word. Can I tell you something? You cannot say I've experienced Christ enough times to make you actually walk Christ-like. That comes from his word. Can I say that again? You might want to write that one down. Me say, I want you to write it down too. You cannot say that you are Christ-like enough times to make you Christ-like, that can only come from reading his word. I want you to understand. You cannot say that you are Christ-like enough times to where you are finally Christ-like. You will only be Christ-like 
by reading his word. That's it. And, 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 so, and so why? why? And why, so why do we repetitiously, why do we constantly, why are we consistent about our devotion? Why, 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 why are these people that have been saved for so long have always oh, talking I'm in my word, I was in my word, I was in my word. Why? Because it's in the word that brings the change. It's, it's not the songs, I promise, I promise. It's not the music. The music don't bring the change. It's not the preacher that brings the change, I promise. It's not the preacher that brings the change. It's not, it's not your dress. It's not your hair. It's not his suit. It's not any of that. The only thing that brings the change is the word. Did you hear what I said to you? <laughs> Did you hear what I said to you? Listen, the only thing that makes you Christ-like is the word. Is the word? It's what works. I promise. When I started, when I was in prison, I started reading the Bible, and all these prison people that've been in prison longer than me, that was reading the Bible longer than me, they was like, "You just need." To, I'm telling you, you, need to constantly read that Bible. And they, and this is what we did. We had this thing. It was like Proverbs, right? You know, Proverbs got 31 chapters, and what they would say is the OGs in the jail would say, "Read Proverbs." Like so, today is what's the date of the day? The the fifth. So today, you know, you're supposed to read Proverbs five. Tomorrow's the 6th, you read Proverbs 6, so you go up to 31 days, you read Proverbs 31. Okay, so like on February, we got, what, 28 days, 29 days? So what you would do is at the end of the month, like if it was 28, 29, or 30 days, you would read it all the way up to the 1st. You read all the other chapters up till you get to the 1st for tomorrow. And then March 1st, you go Proverbs 1, and you're supposed to do it every day of your life. Why? Because it is the book of wisdom. So guess what would happen when I begin to do this in the, in the prison? I would read these, 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 these proverbs every day of the month for years to the point to where when I would read them, I would be saying them with the words because I've been starting to memorize them. But, but when, when things would pop up in my life, the Bible would pop up in my life. When trials would pop up in my life, the word would pop up in my life. When things that would normally make me sin, cuss, put my hands on somebody or act crazy, the word would pop up in my life. And I'm thinking to myself, if I can keep the word in jail where it is just total madness, I can keep the word anywhere. You see. And so, so, so how do you get to the point where you ain't cussing no more? Because you keep reading where the Bible says, let no profane word come out your mouth. How do you get to the point to where to where you you ain't gossiping and meddling and all that because you read the word to the point to where you continue to see you constantly see where he says you know aspire to live a quiet life and mind your business you see see there's there's a million verses and and, and you got and let me tell you something and there's read it what you begin to do is you begin to grow and you go, why am I why I'm saved I'm in my word and I begin to I begin to realize success I begin to see success and, and, and not just success but good success well the Bible told you that you would and, and the reason that you are is because you're in it because it says this word you will not let depart from your mouth and, and you will read it night and day and you will meditate on it night and day and you will it will cause you to have not just success but good success you gotta read this word you got to read this word and quit reading the parts you already know. It ain't helping nothing. What the enemy does, though, is he, he tells you what he does see is he, he tells you, you, you read the Bible and you don't understand some stuff. And, and the enemy comes and goes, you stupid. Because the enemy's a whisperer. You stupid. You need to just put this down and you don't even understand it. If he loved you, he'd help you understand it. Anybody ever just sat there and read the Bible and just got frustrated? Like, man... You see, but here's the here's here's what here's what you ought to hear though. You don't understand it, but you go to a Bible-based church. All you got to do is go on your page and put what y'all think about when you see this verse right here. And you're probably going to get ten people to go boom, 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 boom. See, you you go to this church, you don't have no excuse why you don't know, because all we do from from Sunday to Sunday, is teach. Whether it be on the pages, whether it be in our private pages, whether it be we teach, that's what we do. We email one another. We, we are constantly talking the word of God. You see? And the enemy don't want you in the Bible because when you get in the Bible, you get power. When you get in the Bible, you get the understanding that you don't have to be subject to sin no more. When you get in the Bible, you begin to see your worth in God. And when you begin to see your worth in God, you begin to command your worth in life. You see? The enemy don't want you in this word. 
And so when you get to the point where you're like, I just can't, re-, that is the enemy. And then you suffer, you're supposed to stop and say, hold on. God would never try to stop me from reading this Bible. God would never confuse me from reading this Bible. God would never tire me out. He would never put so much on my plate that I can't read this Bible. What's going on? The enemy. So now the next question is, why is the enemy so worried about me reading it? Because he knows you're going to get free. What is it about my life that if I begin to read this word and begin to get an understanding of this word, that something's going to change drastically in my life? Why is the enemy worried? Because you're going to help the kingdom of God when, as, you work, as you learn this word. Do you know the funnest part about the Bible for me was? Learning it. You know why that was so fun for me? Because as I learned it, I began to realize I had a new opportunity. I found out that I wasn't who everybody said that I was. I found out that I had a right to dream and go after those dreams. But I also found out what really wasn't important. It also helped me. I got rest when I started reading the Bible because why? I was learning the word. And when I, got, when I began to learn the word, I stopped chasing things because I found out how important things wasn't. Money lost its importance to me when I started reading the word. You know, cars and, and shiny things. You know, it, it's not, it's not, you know, you know, I don't get, don't get twisted now. I like cars and shiny things. And I still like money. But, but I'm just saying that it wasn't like, you know, it wouldn't send me to prison. I ain't going to prison for it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember one time when I was in prison, you know, and back in the day, see, when I was in prison, you didn't take a whole lot of pictures because cameras meant you was police and you just didn't. But this dude, he had all these pictures and he was showing, you know, he was in. And we was in prison. He was showing all these pictures, his cars, and I was just newly saved. And it hit me. The, the revelation hit me. The Lord hit me just like that. He was showing his cars. He was showing he had his truck jewelry on. I mean, he was showing the money, the concerts. You know, have a few famous people here, man, and all that. And I said, you came to prison for all that. <laughs> and I walked, I walked back to my bunk, and I was like, I ain't met nobody famous. And I came to prison, and I ain't met nobody famous. I came to prison. My chain was nowhere near that big, and I came to prison. You know what I'm saying? And, and you <laughs> see, see, see. But when you get in the Lord, hashi. Let me tell you. When you get in the Lord, designer clothes ain't even that important. You learn that I'm just happy to be clothed and in my right mind. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? When, when, when you when you get in God, the Bible says He says, you know, that that, that and I, I don't want you to ever get caught with the sin of complacency. But but it's okay to be content because Paul said He says I've had I've had I've had I've learned to be a base and I've learned to be a bound. I've had tuna fish, but I've had steak, and it don't make no never mind. In any situation that I'm in, I'm gonna be content. You see what I'm saying to you? Because here's the reality: I know that whatever state I'm in, God's all right with it, or I wouldn't be in that state. See, I've submitted myself, I've surrendered to the point wherever I'm. That is where God wants me to be. And if I'm where God wants me to be, then that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. See, it's this, it's this hashi. I don't know why I'm pushing it so hard. It's this reckless abandonment that says, I'm in you now. And whatever you say goes. And so since you don't worry about it, I don't got to worry about it. Do you know how much we worry about that the Lord don't? Now think about this. He got Poland. He got Russia. He got Iraq. He got Egypt. He got Greenland. He got all of these places. He got all of this stuff. He got all of these things going on. And he don't worry about a third of what we worry about. In fact, he don't worry about anything. But we will, we will miss church for overtime, for boots. For a new car, we'll we'll kill ourselves. We'll miss we'll miss our children growing up, giving them things that we don't even get to watch them wear, because we got to get back there and get that money again. Because we done, you see how we set ourselves up, and God's like, I clothe, I I take care of the birds, and they don't do nothing. What make you think I won't take care of you? You see. That's why, you know, you think about God, it says, the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But you can't say that about fashion, can you? We, we can have a whole closet of this, this week, this month, this year. Fashion changed drastically, and next year, you will not be seen in that closet, will you? Because you got to get this closet together. 
And last year, you remember back in the day, it was K Swiss, and then it went to it went to uh, Reebok Classics. Then don't forget the Nike Cortez. And then you went to Air Max, and Air Max was the beginning of teaching you you're going to spend a whole lot of money. And you went to Air Max, and you see everybody coming, and you had the Eastlands. And I hated people with Eastlands because I had coasters. And in the winter, your feet was cold. And people with Eastlands was arrogant and just didn't understand the struggle. And so, I digress. And so, and, 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 and then it went to Jordan's. Right, and you spend an electric bill money on a pair of shoes. You see what I'm saying? And and then and then and then Jordan got hip, and every three months he brought out a new shoe for 150 dollars. And then he felt, I wonder if they'll pay five for it. And they 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 made it like it was going to be something you've never seen before. And it was just the first Jordans that came out in the 80s. <laughs> And you paid 300 for them, 500 for them, until somebody figured it out. And then they dropped it back to 119 and you still went and got it. I mean, you, you understand what we've done? You understand how we chase this stuff? We chase it. We chase it. When you can just put a pair of shoes on and go about your business, you can put a pair of shoes on and, and put the rest of that money on your kid's college, on your grandbaby's college. You see what I'm saying? No, 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 no. No, my child going to look good. He's going to look good. He's going to look good, but he can't get there. Jesus. Shoes is dope, but can't afford the books. So let's get back into this. Let me finish this real quick. So, so Lazarus lay in his tomb for four days, unable to do a thing, unable to resurrect himself. Christ come along and commanded him to come to life. And then boom, there it is. So it is with us. We are spiritually dead unable to rise but while we were yet still sinners Christ died for us remember that in Romans 5 and 8 and he calls us out of this spiritual grave and gives us a completely new nature one undefiled by sin as the old nature and if you look in 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 17 you know God saw the desperate and helpless state of our souls and in his great love and mercy, he sovereignly chose to send his son uh, to the cross to redeem us. By his grace, we are saved through the gift of what? Faith, which he gives us so that we can believe in Jesus. His grace is a free gift. Our faith is a free gift and our salvation is a free gift given to those whom God has chosen before the foundation of the world. You see in Ephesians 1 and 4, you know, why did he do it? Why did he choose to do it this way? Because it was according to the good pleasure of his will and to the praise of his glory, of his grace. Ephesians 5, 1, 5 and 6. Uh, we're going to Ephesians uh, 5, 1. I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, 5 and 6, verses 1 through 6. It says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, come on, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So, so why did he do it? For his glory. According to the good will of his pleasure, it is important to understand that the plan of salvation is to is designed to glorify God and not man. Our response is to praise him for the glory of his grace. If he chose our own salvation, if, if we chose our own salvation, who, who would get the glory? We would. And God has made it clear that he will not give the glory that's due him to anyone else. Look at Isaiah 48 and 11. So I didn't really mean to get off track. In Isaiah 48 and 11, it says, um, for my own sake, for my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. He does it for the glory of him. You see, you, you, you are not what you used to be when you were in the world for the glory of him. 
And you should always, you know, I remember when you used to, and you, and don't be taking a second time about, yeah, you know, I had to get my mind right. You, you're still in glory. Just say, to God be the glory. I couldn't have done it on my own. They're, they're, they're start show, you know, when people start to tell you the difference that they see in you because, of, because you're in the word, you should never make that about you. You should automatically accept that as an invitation to teach them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is your invitation to witness. You, I just can't believe that you, you know, you, 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 don't, you don't cuss. I've been sitting here listening to you for a minute. You, I mean, I just, you, you're just different. I mean, you know what? It was the Lord because it wasn't me. I did not have, I was the way that you remembered because that was the, that, that I was a slave to that way. I had no choice. That was my God. You understand, I stayed in my flesh, but when I met Jesus, when I had this experience with Jesus, then I began, see, because what people are really saying when they talk about they see the difference in you is what they're saying is, I see the difference in you that I like to see in myself. Safe people say, thank you, Lord. They bless him automatically. They don't make, they don't have to, they don't have, they, when people tell you that they see the difference in you, what they're doing is they're inquiring. But pride stops them from saying, how do you get that? You see, the enemy's still going to be there. I see this difference in you. Why don't you just say, How, what made the difference in you? Then that's when you get the opportunity to witness. Safe folk automatically, they know who to give the glory to. That's why when you testify in church, in a church that's truly saved, they're, they're, giving God, they're giving God the glory. And when they sit back and say, God be the glory, honey, and they hug you, and you ain't, and you, and if you, if you narciss, narcissistic, you're going to go crazy because it ain't nothing that's about you. I'll just bless God for you and, and for what he's doing in your life. You know, you just waiting for somebody to say, I'm proud of you. What am I proud of you for? You didn't do nothing. You was, you, I'm proud of you for listening. Proud of you for obeying. But other than that, you don't get nothing out of this. He did it. You couldn't do it. If you could have done it, you, you wouldn't have needed him. You see? That's the thing. If, if we could do it, we, and we're too quick to make this thing about us, when the testimony should be, always be about him. You know, when you hear your name in the testimony more than God's, something wrong. Something wrong. Because we found a way to testify, to give, to give a testimony that actually testifies to us. Be careful of that. I didn't mean to get off subject. I was supposed to be telling you why the word was important, right? Okay. So let's look at this Amplified again. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts. Let's, let's deal with the word precepts. The definition of the word precept, and now we're going to change it because we took control out, right? The definition of a precept is a guiding principle or rule that is used to influence or regulate conduct. Let's look at some definitions. Let's talk about the word influence. You see that word influence and in, uh, precept is a guiding principle or rule that is used to influence or regulate conduct. Let's look at the word. Uh, let's look at the word influence. Influence is defined as the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone. You see that? Now the word regulate is defined as to govern or direct according to a rule. Okay. So so in short. According to rule, God's command should regulate and govern our lives in the fact that Jesus' life should influence or have an effect on our character, development, or behavior of us, the Christians, us who claim him. His influence should influence us to be different. His influence, Jesus' influence should influence us to be unlike we were before we met him. Does that make sense? Now, 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 now let's look at the rest of this verse. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasure treasures his message in its entirety. I was just dealing with dealing with a situation a little while ago where the word the word wasn't being read in entirety. So when, when when we read it in the entirety, I just saw a whole life change. I heard I heard some of the word and I said, "Hmm, missing son." And something said, "Just look it up." And, I, and they said it again. And, and I looked. I said, "Oh, that ain't all of it." And so it's amazing that how God showed me this tonight. And, you know, I was working on this last night. It has to be, it has, it, you have to treasure his message in its entirety. You have to read it all. 
have to read it all. Have to, and you don't get to pick, you can't love some of it. And let me just say this, you might want to write this down. How you feel about God is how you feel about his word. Or let me put it like this, how you feel about the word is how you feel about God. Because they one and the same. How you feel about the word is how you feel about God because they're one and the same. In him, how you feel about God is how you, how you feel about the word is how you feel about God. They are one and the same. That's powerful, isn't it? Now, in him, let's finish. In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. When you treasure even the parts of the word that you don't like. <laughs> when you can treasure the parts of the word that make you say, you know what? There's some things in my life that's got to be cut out. There's some things in my life that's got to be stopped. There's some things in my life that's got to be changed. When you, and, and, and here's the thing, it's going to inconvenience me, but I still treasure it because God's word is always what? True. So I treasure even the parts that inconvenience me. And so, and so, and so, and so, and so, and so it says in, in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. Perfected. What that means is matured. You are maturing in God when you can treasure the parts that you don't even like. You're, you're, you're maturing in God. He comes back and he says, it is completed and has reached what? Maturity. See, when you begin to operate on the word of God over your flesh, though you like what your flesh is presenting to the table, but you say, but I, but I like what my flesh is presenting to the table, but I love what the Lord, I love the Lord more. I love his, I, man, I remember in his word that the Lord said, don't do that. And you can step over your flesh and do what God told you to do. You have matured. You have matured. You see? I don't care if you got to be like, if you just got to run, you see it, you usually do it, you know it ain't right, and you, ah, and you just take off running, you mature, <laughs> you just ran, you, you got away. Flee from sin, the Bible tells you. Why do y'all think flee meant this? Are you still sin? Yes, it's still sin. Flee mean run. Go, get out of here, it's going to kill you. I don't care if you like, you got music in. Dun, 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 dun. You got the, oh, there goes, oh Lord, if that has a conversation with me, it's on and pop. Oh God, I don't care if you got to hide behind the dumpster. You got to, yeah, you run. You've matured. You've matured. My, my Gigi used to say a good run is better than a bad stay. Huh? And I don't know about y'all, but I'm so tired of getting whooped by the enemy. A good run is better than a bad stay all day long. I'd rather run from sin and, 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 and see that I've grown up and be okay with the Lord than stay and be all jacked up, you see. All right. By this, we know for certain, somebody say for certain. By this, we know for certain that we are in him, whoever says he lives in Christ, that is, whoever says that he has accepted him as God and Savior ought as moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. Ain't that something? That's powerful, ain't it? So, he has an, so God has an expectation, right? He has an expectation of us. And here's what I want you to stop thinking, because I feel it in the room. Stop thinking that you can't. Stop thinking that you can't. Stop believing that you can't do the word of God. That is a lie from hell. And, 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 and you remember we were talking about Sunday fortified lies? That lie that is way down in there and it is hidden and it has been down there for years. And because you have done things that are contrary to God for years, you now believe that there is no way that you can keep the entire word. of How many of you, just tell the truth and shame the devil, how many of you do not really believe in your heart that you can keep the entire word of God? Let me see. Does anybody in here believe that, that you cannot? I, I want to know. I want you to tell the truth. If you, because, see, that is a lie from hell. That is a lie from hell. How many of you in here believe that you can't work, that you don't believe that God has spiritually gifted you? Because that is a lie from hell. 
How many of you in here believe that you do not believe that you could get up every day of your life and read the word of God every day? Devotions, whatever, whatever you, that is a lie. I just get sleep every time. No, no, no. That's a lie from me. That is a spell. You, you know, we was talking about that a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about how people, you know, they made, Tyler Perry made a joke of it. And he said, you know, you know, I read the Bible. I just all of a sudden I go to sleep. Have you ever stopped to think about what a spell does? A spell does what? It lulls you to sleep. That's a spell. God don't do spells. Who spells come from? Yeah. So, so, so by this we know for certain that we are in him. Whoever says that he lives in Christ, that is, whoever says that he has accepted him as God and Savior, ought as moral obligation, conduct yourself just as he walked and conducted himself. So Jesus didn't cuss nobody out. Why are we doing it? Jesus didn't gossip. Why we do it? Okay, how many, how many minutes? I got, I got three minutes. All right. Influence is defined as, I told you the, the definition of influence, right? And I gave you the rule. Okay, so here we go. Now get this. He treasures the word in its entirety. A treasure is something of great value. He doesn't pick and choose what parts. He, he or she is sold out to it all. And why should we be? Y'all ready? Number one, because meditating on it will bring us good success, right? That's why it's important. Meditating on it will bring us good success. Look at Joshua 1 and 8. You ready, Kim? We get ready to roll. You ready? All right, here we go. Uh, Joshua 1 and 8. The, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Right there it lets you know that this is something you're supposed to take on every day. You should, do, you should meditate on it day and night and that you may observe. He says, if you don't meditate on it, you ain't going to observe and you ain't going to do all that according to that's written in it. It says that you meditate on it day and night for then you, uh, 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 you meditate on it day and night uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have okay success. You will have some timey success. No, you will have what? Good success. It says so. So, so if you if you meditate on it day and night, then you may observe. So it says that we. It says that so, so you will do according to all that's written. So there is an expectation by God that we do everything that the Word says. Number two, because it teaches us to imitate God. Why is that important? Because as believers, when imitating God, we can't go wrong. Ephesians 5 and 1 in the New King James Version says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. The Amplified Classic Version says, Therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved as well -beloved children imitate their father. When children are young, do you ever notice that they quickly take on the character of who it is that's always around them. Since since we since since we are uh, 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 since we are uh, uh, we are or should be in the presence of God more than not, we should just automatically take on His ways. This is you know it always blows my mind when three year old kids cuss and people are like I don't know where they got it from. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If it ain't you, it's the babysitter. If it ain't you, it's the one that you, you keep that child around all the time. You know why the child cuss. Maybe, maybe you play too much on your TV. Maybe you play too much in the music. But don't act like you don't know why that child cuss. Yes, you do. Okay? Number three, it helps us not to sin. Psalms 119 and 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see that? That's why it's important for the word. David gives us the impression that as long as his word is in his heart, as long as the word is in our heart, we won't sin. We know, we know that when our heart is full of something, we demonstrate what's in our heart. Amen. So if it's full of the word, you will not be able to be defeated by sin because you're full of the word. My God, do y'all see this tonight? 
Number four, it allows you to know the Holy Spirit. And this is important because the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. John 16, 13. However, this is Jesus talking. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. How you don't want that type of information? One day I was broke, and I remembered that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. So I went and played lottery. <laughs> now, now, I wasn't a preacher. I was just saved, but I wasn't a preacher. And he said, all truth, Benny. So I felt like whatever I wrote down, and led. And I, and I don't even know how to do the Powerball. I don't understand any of it. I just wait for them to say, you won. But I was waiting, and I found out after $7, that ain't the truth he's talking about. <laughs> so, listen, don't be trying to pimp the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, get this, Joyce. This is powerful. Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll lead you into all truth. In other words, none of us ever have to fall to the trickery of the enemy again. None of us have to go, we, none of us have to fall for any okie dokes, any foolishness, any, none of it. Think about how powerful that is. That every move you make will be in truth. How much is that worth? That, 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 no, nobody will play you. Now think about it, this is why you, you just bring the babies to church. This is why it's so important, right? Because when they begin to say, when you, Joseph, when you begin to say, listen, 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 follow the Holy Spirit because it leads you into all truth. You see, Arroyo, you see what I'm saying with your son? Follow the Holy Ghost because it leads you into all truth. See how important that is when you tell Emory, follow the Holy Ghost. You know, your kids know, follow the Holy Ghost because it leads you into all truth. You tell Ted, follow the Holy Ghost because it leads you into all truth. See, I, I could wish you have a great job. I could wish you have a good house. I could wish you get the right mate. But if I, I, if I wish anything, I wish you follow the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost leads you into all truth. And you, you, can't, you can't come up with a number for that, right? You can't pay for that. Think about that. As long as you follow the, this is, this is cold right here because everybody always talk about they want to be happy. They want to live their best life. You want to live your best life. Everybody want to live your best life, right? And he says, well, follow me and you will. <laughs> You're going to miss some stuff. Oh, I know he's, I know he's, I know he's cute. He's going to dog you. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know that party's going to be jumping. They're going to be shooting in there. Ah, I know, I know, I know, I know that job. It just seems like it just seems like you ain't got to pray about that. You ain't got to pray about that. But it's talking about you're going to be out of church three Sundays out of four. You see? Follow the Holy Ghost, though, because he leads you in all truth. Stay away from that. Mm -mm, we're going over here. But the problem with the Holy Ghost is he's not going to wrestle with you. He's not going to wrestle with you. My job is to instruct you. Jeff says something all the time. You think just want to push him out of his chair. He say, I'm the guardrail. He say, you know, but I can't stop you from driving over the cliff. I'm just the rails. I'm just letting you know that here's where the, here's where the car should be. You see what I'm saying? And I didn't get that when he first used to say that to me all the time, but now I do. It's, you know, it, this is it. Just, this is this is the guard. The word is the rails, the guardrails. Why why is the word important? When life gets crazy, it reminds you what's to focus on. When life gets crazy, it reminds you what to focus on. Anybody, anybody get, does life get crazy for anybody? Wouldn't you like to be reminded when life gets crazy? He tells you to go to Philippians four eight nine. Chapter 4, verses 8, 9. Finally, brother, whatever things that are true, whatever things that are noble, whatever things that are just, whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are lovely, that are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, 
and the God of peace, guess what? He'll be with you. Now, I want to I want to point this out real quickly, and, I, and we're going to we're going to go on. But I want to show you this real quickly. It says it says the, the things that are true. Hold on, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will lead you in a what? All truth. So if he's saying he says when when things get crazy, meditate on what's true. Meditate on what then? The Holy Ghost. Oh God, you don't hear me in here. And, and he he's going to lead you to what? All truth. Meditate back on God, and He's now. Hold on. Then there's another thing that says, and, and meditate on the things that are praiseworthy. You got to get rid of the negative people in your life that focus on the negative stuff more than they focus on the positive. Hold on, that ain't praiseworthy. That negative report that you come up with that could happen, that might happen, that you know, if it goes this way, it will happen. No, 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 no. You remember that? Remember when Mom was uh, went in the hospital first time? First time we first started going to the hospital back. A year before she passed away, she went to glory. You remember that? And everybody was in the hospital, and everybody, they had the chaplain come up. Mercer, they had the chaplain come up, and they was talking about and making the plans. We might make some plans, and Rose came in town, and, and everybody was just focusing on it's over. And then a week later, she takes the daggone thing out of her mouth herself. Because, and, and, and remember, we were standing, you was on that side, I was on that side. I said, what made you do? And she said, she said, she said, I just had faith. He said, if you got faith. And I had faith. And she meditated on what she knew. She meditated on the faith. She meditated on he's a healer. And she put this thing out and she lives another year. See, see, we was meditating on the wrong things, though. I done drove home. I'm driving home crying, talking about, okay, I'm going to put it together like this. I'm going to say this. And Lord, like, ain't nobody told you get no funeral sermon together? <laughs> see, see, you got, you can't, you, that's why you got put, that's why you got put negative people out the room. So the Holy Ghost can work. You see what I'm saying? She's looking at us like we was crazy. You remember, like, well, you're supposed to be a preacher. You don't get this. I'm over like, you know, huh? now, now, what's so powerful? I'm glad you're here. You remember this song? I preached that sermon the week before, We Need a Win. It was talking about how we kept seeing people die. We, you know, we were praying. We, everybody, nobody, nobody got healed. Nobody. And then a week later, I came back and was like, we saw the win. The Lord used her to give me a win. Oh. We're not crazy. We're not insane. When things is getting crazy, you cannot hang around people that want to cry. They want to just, oh, what we going to do? I'm going to get away from you. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go meditate on what's praiseworthy. He did it before. He'll do it again. I'm going to go meditate on he called Lazarus from the grave after four days, even though his sister said he stunk. He still, he said, Lazarus come forth, and Lazarus came forth. That's what I'm going to meditate on. Okay, let's go. Uh, uh, so then. And then he says this, he says, and if you meditate on the, the right things, well, guess what? The God of peace will be with you. <laughs> so don't make no matter how crazy it gets, here I come. Here I come. <laughs> now I'm here. Now what? And everything that was coming up against you will back away when it sees me, God. Lord, have mercy. <gasps> well, I'm excited about that. Okay, six, it provides healing. It provides healing. Amen. Well, what's my next verse? Uh, 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 Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It says, it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? Life to those who find them. And what? Health to all their flesh. The word gives you healing. The word heals things. You ever, you ever been down, then read the word, and all of a sudden you ain't down no more? That's healing. That is healing. You ain't supposed to be down. Something's off when you're down. And when you read the word and the word gives you strength, you've been healed. Lord, have mercy. Listen, number seven. It enables you to receive. We're done. It enables you to receive the desires of your heart. John 15 and 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Get this. Your words cannot remain in you if you don't put them in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Who was that? Who was that talking? Huh? That was Jesus. Jesus said that. That wasn't Paul. That was Jesus. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, lives in, dwells in, can always be founder, it's where it gets its mail. You understand? That's what you desire, and I'll give it to you. Because what that means is if my word abides in you, you have forsaken the world in every shape, form, and fashion. You're supposed to have what you ask for when that happens. So I'll give it to you. 
Because guess why? Now you're asking for what you're supposed to have. See, when you forsake the world, all of a sudden your, your mindset changes. You, know? you forsake the world, it ain't important to have the bins. You just want to get around the corner, right? Here's what I want to say, and I want everybody to listen to this. And even though there might, there might not be people on there tonight, or it might just be one or whatever, I want them to hear it. I want, I want them to come back and listen to it. It comes off that I am a mean person. The Holy Ghost told me this. He told me this. He said, it comes off that you are a mean person. You make this like if the people don't do what they're supposed to do, boy, they feel it. You say some stuff and you ain't joking. And people feel a certain type of way. And I want you to understand why I am the way I am. And I'm going to work on my wording and my forcefulness when I say things. But it's not that I'm being mean. It's not that I'm nasty. It's not, and I definitely ain't trying to run nobody away. It's the passion. It's when you see the enemy playing a game with the people that I've been called to pastor and my passion begins to come forth and it's like, what don't you get? Do this, do that. Why did I tell you twice? You know, all that, right? And, and I promise it's not me tripping it's my love for you. It's my love for you. But what I've learned in the spiritual, it happens in the, nat in the natural, but it also happens in the spiritual. When natural parents get on their children and they, they don't do it in the correct manner sometimes or they're so rough with it, something that happens with my daughter is she'll drop her head and walk away. And I'm like, oh, no, I can never, you, you, you keep that head up. You never, hold on, hold on, come here. I'm sorry. Let me tell you what I meant. It's that way in the spirit as well. People, people, when they hear their spiritual leader come at them, um, they, they, a lot of times just drop their head and, and I just give up and I'll just walk away and I won't do it and I won't, and I won't come back and I won't, and I'll just stay away from it all. And, and I'm, I apologize if I've ever made you, anybody feel that way, whether you're here or on social media. That's not what I want to do. I just want you to get it. And, and I don't want your greatest sin to be what you refuse to do. And what you're refusing to do is the one thing that's going to bring you all the peace in the world. It's going to make everything okay for you. And I don't, I don't want to just be okay by myself. You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't just want the leadership team to be okay. I don't want the board to be okay and that just be it. I want everybody that walks in these doors to be like, man, we came to unity. And since we've been coming to Unity and we've been doing this stuff, life has changed. That's what I want for you. And so that's my passion. And it's not mean. It might come off as mean, but I promise I'm not trying to be. I just love you and I want the best for you. And I pray that you understand that. Amen. All right. Uh, 